Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Welcome back to part two of the Gotta Be Saints podcast. This podcast is titled In the Vineyard. I have with me Melissa Ryle. Melissa, thank you once again for being here. Um, Thank you. We just finished talking about uh, your work in ministry and the question of have you reaped a great harvest? And, you know, we both gave our responses. Um, The next question that I wanted to ask you, and I think it goes well with um, the one that was just asked, is if someone's considering working in ministry, um, what do you say to that? Praise God. We need people. We need people to work in ministry, but uh, it, it also comes to, do you want it because you think it's cool or do you want it because like there's a desire in your heart and the Lord is inviting you to do it. Um, Cause I think specifically with youth ministry, um, I remember when I started you know, there's, and the research still is kind of this uh, uh, stereotype of, you know, oh, it's all fun and games and lots of pizza and Sundays. I'm like, okay, really, like that's what it was. But you know, there's still a lot of pizza. And but if you're if you want to be there because like you have that honest desire to bring young people to Jesus or whoever you're ministering to, and the Lord has placed that desire on your heart, do it. Like, and maybe to see if it's for you. If you've had zero experience whatsoever start by volunteering because that is a great way to really start like figuring out if you know that ministry is is for you um and you know even for those of us that you know that work in ministry you know and also being told you know it's important to to give you know of your time even outside of your job so like i i'm actually like i'm one of the co-leaders for gabriel project at our parish not part of my job. Mm. What I do on my own time, but that yep. started because it was a desire on my heart uh, to to serve, and it and it came about because of something that had happened with one of our young people. So it um mm. you know and the Lord like planted those seeds and and cultivated it and you know kind of prepared prepared that um, as a way to give back you know a few years later. So it's uh, yeah, take it one step at a time. But I think that goes back to what you said with the last episode of, you know, uh, a good spiritual director, no matter what job it is, um, and just helping in that. Yeah, no, I, and I think too to your to what you're saying um, about you know if you're considered it, that's that's wonderful. I mean, here's the thing: we have your occupation is one thing. You know, it, it, yeah. and so if you are working in the secular workforce, please don't feel bad. You know, I think sometimes there's this Catholic guilt that some people get where they're like, well, I just crunch numbers all day and I'm an accountant. And like, should I be giving more? Maybe, maybe that's a prompting from the spirit and maybe it's there for a reason. But at the same time, if your occupation is to be an accountant, be the best accountant you can possibly be. Oh yeah, then we have to. Yeah. Oh, we do. And 
But then comes the question of what is your vocation? And yes, your vocation could be to the priesthood, the religious life, to marriage. Your vocation in, in a more plainer sense and maybe in a more real sense is your, your vocation is to be a saint. And so what does that look like? That's where I think your point of, you know, it can't, it's not just connected to your job. You know, you're doing Gabriel Project outside of work because that's what you feel called to. I, you know, to anyone who listens to this, I don't get paid to do Gotta Be Saints. You know, this is a, my free time and I love it. And it is not my job. It is my free time thing that I do because I feel convicted to do it. I feel very much called to be here, um, to be trying to be a voice in some way. Um, And so if you're considering that, if you don't feel like your job is to work in ministry, um, just ask yourself, Lord, do I have gifts and talents that can be used? How can I use them? Or maybe even better, how can I serve? How can I help others? Where is there a need? Um, and, and try to align the, the two. You know, I'm sure you can find a way to align the need at your parish with your skill set, and God will bless that. I mean, I'm sure you could say that you're always looking for help at the parish. Um, oh, yeah. So if anyone from Fairfax is listening to this, uh, if you could just stop by St. Leo's. Um, we will find a place for you. <laughs> there's something to be done. Um, so I, I guess the, the next question for you, and I think this, um, if you listen to part one, you know, Melissa's uh, married and you have two kids. And so um, the question I want to ask is, how do you find balancing family life and work life? And I mean, I think this is a question that we, we briefly hit on, but we didn't really give answer to. Yeah. Um, so if you could just speak to that, because I think that no matter what your stage in life is, in our society today, we are so busy. We find, we find ways to be busy. I mean, I know personally, I never give myself a moment's rest, and that's how I like it. But there is a moment where we just need to be able to pause and relax. Sorry, I'm literally doing a hand motion over here, but no, you can't see it because it's live. Or it's it's yeah. it's it's good. over it's over uh, the, just the audio. But there was a hand <laughs> motion there, folks, and so that was my rest. Um, but uh, to that question. Yeah, so in regards to balancing family life, uh, I think the the one benefit of working in youth ministry for this long and having um, you know, when I met my husband and he was working in youth ministry, we had an understanding of, of you know, what the job entails uh, because ministry um, is a it is a job that, depending on what you're doing and what the hours are, can be insane. And there were many times where, especially when we were first married, of trying to figure out like, okay, how do we have a date night? <laughs> you know, or like eat dinner together like Sundays. We were at complete opposite sides of the diocese, you know, with different groups of teenagers eating different dinners um, and, you know, trying to line our days off on the same day. And, you know, you know, if we saw each other at work camp, it was like, cool. <laughs> <Good to see. laughs> um, What's your name but, again? <laughs> yeah. Um, but our, something that, uh, when we found out we were pregnant with our with our daughter, our first our first baby, um, you know, our my pastor is 
very, very generous and kind. And he was like, yeah, you can bring her to the office. So that was a big part, I think, of kind of going back in the last week here, sort of asking about like how I've stayed in it so long. Well, I also haven't had to necessarily, um, you know, really give up that time. There's, um, you know, there's, uh, when you work full time as a parent, there are sacrifices that have to be made. Um, and I know that not everybody has uh, that uh, ability to either work from home, like COVID has really allowed a lot of us to do, uh, or to bring their children with them to work. Um, but I was very blessed with that opportunity to be able to bring my children with me to work. Um, you know, I could find, you know, help, <laughs> uh, you know, when, when we, uh, we had events in the evening. Um, but during the work day to be able to have them with me. And so as we kind of got into a rhythm, we were able to, to really start to line up our family time. And when my husband started law school, I think that was kind of the, even more so the youth ministry was, you know, this kind of realization of, oh my goodness, like we really have to make it super intentional um, of, of what is our family time look like. And um, we, you know, it, it took a long time to be able to really even start having family dinners again between like night classes and work and youth and everything. And so, um, you know, I think going back to, you know, the, the, COVID, the whole COVID, you know, having to work from home and everything, like that was one of the greatest blessings that, that we had in our family of uh, being able to not only see him more because the final semester of last school plus bar exam, you know, we were prepared for like, oh man, this is going to be like the pit. We're not going to be able to like see you hardly at all. And like, because studying and everything happened at home, like we were able to see him more really than, than we have the past several years and be able to make family dinners such a priority that the way that the Lord is like kind of been uh, moving and even our return into like youth ministry events. Um, and the way in which schedules have fallen and like when we can get rooms and you know what's going to work you know for for these events like we're able to still have dinner together as a family every night mm. like which has not happened like for yeah the first time in like nine years I have like like Saturday and Sunday and like family dinners and yet we have events like you know at least four nights a week so it's um, that intentionality and if I could look back you know even the beginning of six years ago I wish I wish that was something that I you know we had done a better job at yeah you know because it's well, easy I, to be like oh well we're working at the church so, you know <clears throat> I think uh just to what I'm hearing too I, I you know there's this beauty beautiful aspect of our Lord that he truly only gives us what we can handle, especially yes. when we ask for it. You know, to your point of, um, you know, you talk about, okay, you're getting prepared for this season of, okay, it's been hard enough during law school, but now we're getting into that final stretch where it's going to be the worst or in your word, the pits. Um, 
And yet then the Lord found a way to, you know, not have you have to go through it to that, that, to that extreme level. I was talking to uh, my spiritual director and he shared with me a great story. I met with him just the other day and it was the feast of St. Francis. And he was telling me uh, the story of St. Francis, which if you haven't heard, I had never heard it, but it's awesome. So you're anyone who's listening to this at home, you're about to hear it. Um, Francis somehow got some like gunk in one of his eyes. And so like pink they needed, eye? huh? Was it like pink eye? No, it was like, okay. like something got stuck in his eye that needed to be removed. So like his vision was, um, was greatly uh, impaired. And so his brothers brought him into this, you know, doctor, quote unquote doctor. And they had to use like a hot metal um, steamer type thing on his eye to remove it. So as you can imagine, this is going to be excruciating. So brother Francis is there with his brothers and he's kind of like, I need you guys to be with me. I need you to hold me down because I don't think I can handle this. And so they're like, we've got you brother Francis. And so they're in there and they're holding him down. And he makes a simple prayer and he basically just says, Lord, let me suffer the pain only to the level that I can endure. A very simple prayer, but how beautiful the humility to just say, Lord, don't give me anything I can't handle. Well, the guy comes in with the steamer on the eye and the other two brothers, it gets close to his eye and they run. They literally couldn't stay with him because they couldn't handle watching him. And so he's left in the room by himself and the steamer's coming down on his eye and, you know, it ends up removing the gunk. And so afterwards, the brothers asked him, they said, Brother Francis, how bad was the pain? He goes, there was no pain. The Lord in his mercy said, you can't handle any pain, Francis, and I'm going to remove it completely. Now, I share that story not to say that you know, the next circumstance that comes around for you or, or me, that is uh, even the little bit uh, difficult where we just say, Lord, just remove it completely. He, he might not do that. But in that circumstance, the Lord shows his mercy and his love and says, this is how generous I am because of your humility and your ability to say to me, Lord, only give me what I can handle. I'm willing to suffer for you and meaning it the Lord blesses him and he blesses you and I in our life. You know, when we're looking at that work-life balance, um, if we truly want to serve the Lord, we need not make excuses for what's been put before us, but instead ask for the graces and they will come. And that includes, you know, you talked about earlier, I think this was in the first episode, you talked about your friends that work in the secular workforce that are willing to get up for that 6 a.m. mass and how easy would it just be to say, I can't do it. It's just too early. I don't want to do it. And yet, brothers and sisters, why are we not looking at the graces that are put before us and saying, Lord, give me the graces to do this? Yeah. Jose Maria Scriva said about the Mass, he said, you say the Mass is too long. I say that your love is too short. I don't mean to, to throw bombs at people, but it's just a reality in our lives that we sometimes are so weak and pathetic 
And if we just look to the Lord in humility, he can, he can do a lot. So to circle back to where we were, I apologize. That was kind of a tangent, but I had to share That's that story. story. Of France. Um, yeah. You talked about your husband though. So this work like family balance, how important is it for you to have him um, in all of this? And then to somebody else, how important do you think it is to have, if you're not married, um, have friends and family that are there for you? Because um, I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, are in that spot and they say, I just need somebody, um, anybody to be there as a rock. And I think, I'm sure you can speak that he's he's been a blessing, I hope. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, Marriage, a wise priest once sat us down in our marriage prep at a Chipotle and said, you are each other's crosses. And we're like, you know, I don't know if I can eat this burrito bowl anymore. <laughs> but it was, um, but it's very true. And it's like, like, yes, we, we're a team and there's grace in that. And whether we have the same mission, like, you know, in our daily work of, you know, at a time, at, for a time, we were both in ministry. And then it was, he is now um, working in law and I am still in youth ministry. We still have that mission to proclaim the gospel, to, for our marriage to be a place of welcoming um, raising children who will, God willing, be saints, you know, to get each other to heaven. Um, and to also, I think we remind each other, maybe in not so many words, that like, we will never be enough for each other. Like, the Lord always has to come first, no matter what. And, you know, we may drive each other crazy, but we will be there to pray for and with each other. And it's been very important. There's been days where I've come back and been like, how can I keep doing this? Just like, you know, this particular situation is breaking my heart or, you know, oh my gosh, I just worked like 40 hours over the course of a weekend. How am I going to like survive, you know, the next few days? And we've got diaper changes and getting up in the middle of the night. And it's like, it's, there's so much grace though to be had like in those daily actions of like, okay, I'm going to choose to, to love you and to, you know, support you and, and vice versa. Like, I know I've been very much there steering him on for all of, all of this. Like, it's so important. And for those that, that aren't married, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's important to have those friendships. It's important to have, um, you know, people to, uh, to pray for you and with you and cheer you on and uh, to, to intercede for you. But I think also, you know, no matter, you know, whether you are single or married, um, and, you know, it's the Lord. The Lord also has to be, like, the, the rock, that rock, no matter what. Um, and because it, it, everything is impossible without him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, the next, the next question I have, um, and this kind of goes back to, getting back to really focusing on that work in the vineyard. Um, yeah. Do you have any cool stories, glory stories connected to um, any of the work that you've been blessed to do over these past couple of years or any that you feel, you know, comfortable to share? Cause I know 
personally, I love stories. You know, that's what connects with yeah. me most. And so um, if you have any yeah. that strike a chord that you're able to share. Yeah. Now I was thinking about this and it's something that I was kind of re reflecting on when you were asking me this question to, to think about because, you know, for young people, for, for every person, in particular with, for young people, especially you know, middle school and high school, like that encounter with the Lord that they have, it's so tender. You know, they're, they are just coming to him with open hearts and sometimes it's kind of like, you know, just being really nervous. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen there was a cartoon of a little girl with a teddy bear and Jesus like asking for the teddy bear and he had this like huge one behind his back and like he didn't want to give it over. He was like, but I love it. I don't want to give it over. And he's like, please just trust me. Like, I'm so yeah. sure to give you. Um, and I had that up in our youth office for a while because, you know, it, it was just that reminder of like, you know, so often like we, we give, you know, what we, 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 it's hard to, to give not knowing all the goodness that awaits us and so for our, for working with young people um you know it, there's one in particular uh, we have uh rcit um which is right of christian initiation for teens so there's mm -hmm. rcia rcit um and uh we have a, a class every year um that prepares for uh, sacrifice baptism, first communion, reconciliation, uh, confirmation. And we have a retreat that we have um, in the early spring, like about February. And several years ago, we had a young man who was just very adamant, like wasn't sure that he really, uh, you know, believed in the Lord, wasn't sure, um, you know, really hesitant. And um, we had adoration and, um, you know, just getting able, being able, it's, it's, that is, I think one of the, the, the most, awe, like, I'm just in a state of awe, like when we're, you know, in a, at a place where these young people are praying before our Lord and encountering him. And for this young man, you know, he was off to the side. Um, and there was a couple of, uh, adult leaders praying with him. But I looked at his face. He was so fixated on the Lord and in the mantra and adoration and just watching his face change. Like there's really no way to describe it except that, mm -hmm. you know, like it was one of the clearest moments in my life where I looked and said, Oh my gosh, this is somebody that is literally falling in love with Jesus right now. Like everything, like that wall is coming down. And it was one of the, um, it's very special moments, you know, and there's others that I could share, but I think for the sake of, um, you know, I was, I'm reading story of the soul for the first time right now. I tell you, I'm like, I'm, I'm becoming a Therese convert. Okay. But it's apparently not a bad thing, you know, apparently not. But, um, you know, she talks about how like there are some things that she just can't like really articulate into words because it would kind of take away from, you know, just that, that sacredness of it. And I think, you know, especially with working uh, with young people and, and especially like seeing those conversion moments, there's a lot of that. And I think that was, when I was reading that, I was like, man, that is a good way to describe it. Like, it's just like some of it, like it's just, 
so just so beautiful and so sacred that it's like mm. I don't even know how to really describe it. Yeah. Other than they had a beautiful Jesus moment and I got to witness it and I don't know why the Lord decided that, you know, like I should be able to, like have have that privilege to walk with them. But he did. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's I uh I like to look at scripture and and just as you're talking I'm like what do you call these moments and I was thinking a great name would be it's a, it's it's that four o'clock yes. moment you know you yes. if you know what I'm talking about and John I do he's talking about his encounter with our Lord and he it mentions he writes in scripture it was four in the four afternoon o'clock. and you're like yeah. wait what why is this in here but the way I've always thought of it and you know I probably heard it in some homily if we're being honest I probably didn't come up with it but he remembers because how could he forget it's the moment he met our Lord it's the moment he really encountered him in a true way and so your story of telling about you know this person in adoration it's and really falling in love with the Lord you know I I know I have my four o'clock stories you know where it's like oh yeah I, this moment, I fell in love with the Lord in a way that I never knew I could, you know, and um, I just think those are, you know, those are moments that we mustn't forget. Um, oh, yeah. And to, to share a glory story, this will be brief, but I just think it's, it's cool. Yeah. And this is just a shout out to my friend. Um, and it's more of a progressional story, but it's still cool. I when I worked in the diocese, I was at a theology on tap and this random person comes up to me afterward. And, um, you know, I am, if anyone knows me, I'm very extroverted, love people. Um, but it's, it was interesting. They, in this role, every person who'd ever been in my role before was a woman. And I share that only because how people would approach someone for whatever reason it was different. You know, my boss would mention that, Brendan, you get approached way differently than the women who were in this position before. I don't know why that was. That's just the case. Maybe they felt more comfortable or maybe I was a little more intimidating for whatever reason. I don't describe myself as that, but I could understand where someone would could get that yeah. logic if they didn't know me. And anyway, this one person was unlike the rest and just was very comfortable coming up and talking to me. And we start chatting and this person is Christian, not Catholic, and just starts asking all of these faith questions. And within a couple weeks, she's praying the rosary. Then she's entering RCIA. And it wasn't just me. It was, if anything, I had the littlest amount to do with it other than the fact that I listened in that moment and was able to try to answer these questions. And she actually did RCIA at St. Leo's. And so oh my that's, goodness. yeah, that's why I, I can share it. Um, or I think it's a good story to share, but it was just, it's just this for you and I, as we both know, and for anyone listening to this, the biggest aspect of there, of, of these encounters for us to be ministers in a sense is just being present and open. If we are there present, the Lord will use us. You know, I pray every day, and I've mentioned this before on Gotta Be Saints, I pray to St. Raphael for divine appointments. I do that because 
every day the Lord could have me encounter someone that he needs me to meet, maybe for my own sake, for my own sanctity, but also God willing for theirs as well. And so when we pray for those divine appointments, whatever he wants to, whoever he wants to put in front of us, um, cool things happen. And so, you know, that night I get to meet this girl, great woman, starts opening up about the faith. Now she's, you know, Catholic, loves the rosary, you know, loves the blessed mother, has strengthened my faith. And all it was was just being able to have that conversation instead of me looking at my watch going, oh, it's been over an hour. I've been here. I want to go home. So it was like, like, nope, we're going to sit with it. So be open, people, and the Lord will use you. Don't be like me at the other Theology on Taps where I'm like, it's 845. I'm running home. I'm tired. (laughs) Don't be bad. Be better. Um, Don't stare at your phone either. Yeah, or yeah, I mean, don't even bring your phone, people. Come on, no, put your phone away unless you're, you know, for me, I took a couple selfies occasionally for you know, for the social. Gotta, gotta do it for Arlington. Yeah, is what we called it. We always got mocked, and I hated that. (laughs) It was great. Uh, (laughs) Ah, anyways, (laughs) my uh, I guess the, the last question for you is just final thoughts. You know, we've talked now about in the vineyard and we didn't talk too much about actual vineyards but you guys understand the analogy um in this life we are we are working in the field for our lord many are invited but few are chosen it's a it's a task that we have to to take on um do you have any final thoughts on on any of that or anything that we've discussed in these two beautiful episodes yeah you know working in the vineyard is a gift and it, it is a, it's not something that uh, one can just kind of take and just kind of show up and be like, all right, I'm here. Like, you know, put me to work. Like it's, it's, it's also an invitation. And if, if you're open to it and open to the Lord and his invitation, like there's, oh man, there, there's so many blessings and so many graces to be had. And you will be challenged and um, humbled and at the same time, like, God willing, you know, just, oh, man, just love the Lord so, so much more uh, because of that invitation. And I think, you know, there's, you could, I don't know how many episodes you could exhaust talking about ministry. <laughs> um a lot. I mean, there's whole podcasts dedicated to yeah, it. Yeah, so. we're just we're just skimming the surface here because there's just so much. But it's um not to be afraid of it, you know, either. Mm. Because I think there's sometimes a stigma that like to work to work for in the vineyard or work for the church, like despite um you know like just uh, trials and difficulties and um, you know, uh, things that the way that the church has handled situations over the years, like, you know, she's, she, the people are not perfect. Mm. However, the Lord is, and it's, it is still a very, very good vineyard. And he is, he is the best gardener I know. And he will prune what needs to be pruned. And he will 
let grow what needs to grow. And it's always just amazing to see because if I try to do it myself, it'd be a hot mess. Yep. I mean, yeah. me, me also. And, and to that point too, if you are listening to this and you feel like you've been doing a certain job for five years and you know, how could I ever get into ministry? Just remember the scripture verse about the, uh, the landowner who goes and looks for people to go out into the field. He looks for them at all times of the day. And yeah. this is not only just in your work and in ministry, but just in life in general, the Lord is always searching for us, always looking for us. So if you stumbled upon this podcast today and you don't know why, look at that maybe as, as a reason. Um, maybe God has directed you here for a reason, just to remember that he wants to use you. And it doesn't matter yeah. what you've been doing. If you've been idling um, just in the marketplace, he is still there to to work with you. And he wants to put you out in the field. And guess what? They all get the same pay at the end. So salvation, we can all yeah. be with him in heaven if we just go and serve. So, um, yeah. And I also feel like it's important to say, like, you don't have to have all of the qualifications. Like, you know, you, you don't have to have a theology degree. Is it helpful? Absolutely. Do I have one? No. What I have Do I have one? No. Yeah. We're, we're talking with like two non-theology majors <laughs> talking about the love of the Lord. It's fine. Yeah. You know, like he'll, he'll, he will give you what you need to have. And um, it is, it is possible to, uh, to just learn through the school of life and, and experience. Um, and to, yeah, he, he doesn't call the qualified always. He will qualify the yep. qualified. And that's also, a, a, that's also for all you uh, parishes and dioceses that are hiring. Um, don't just look at the degree. It's okay. You can hire people without the theology degree. We, I, I feel like the Lord used me. The Lord's used you. It's okay. But anyways, I don't know if any diocese will listen to that, so that might be that. But anyway, it's not going to be. My uh, my two got to be saints questions that I, yes. I always ask, and and this will uh, this will be the Love last it. two. Your Mount Rushmore of saints. So this is a question I ask every single episode. You can say four, you can say six. It doesn't matter. Okay. You can change Mount Rushmore if you want to add faces. I think Donald Trump might add himself to there in the next election. Who knows? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, you went there. All right. Um, no, I like that question a lot, and you answered my. I was wondering, like, made it have to be before. So you mentioned last episode, the very beginning. Um, so I love Our Lady Guadalupe, and I do have a love for Saint Drogo. He's not like he's one of those that he's not like my my immediate like heavy hitter, right? But like, I, I when especially when I drink so much coffee, so about all the time. He's, he's got to be up there. Um, but uh, two of my my faves just had a feast day. So Blessed Francis Xavier Silos. He's a blessed thing. He counts. Oh, he counts. He counts. Okay. Just checking. I wasn't sure if it had to be like No, no, no. The church is just delayed in the canonization, but they've, they've already established that, you know, he's lived a saintly life. So we're good. Perfect. So Blessed Francis Xavier Silos. Um, and Blessed Bartolo Longo, um, and uh, he is 
uh, very tight with Our Lady of Pompeii, aka also Our Lady of the Safe. And Padre Pio, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Anthony, St. Luke. My confirmation saint, I have to throw her in there in Genevieve. But you know, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but because I am like, I, my heart is being just, I think Therese is very cool. I never thought I would say that. But oh, she's awesome. She's, she's on my list right now. I'm like, she's a man. BA and she just yeah. loves so radically. Any of my friends listening to this? Yes, I've been eating my words. <laughs> and it's been good. That's what I get for praying the litany of humility for months and months. Mm, yeah, I keep that in my wallet to never be pulled out. Yeah. So <laughs> people are like, yeah, you should pull it out more. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Gotta tape it everywhere, man. <laughs> Got to have a planner in my desk and my Bible. Yeah, I should. I should probably put it everywhere. Um, well, that's a pretty good list of people. I mean, I think you've got about nine heads up there, but that's fine. I like it. It's better that some people have been so like, you know, like oh, it has to be four, and it's given them like anxiety. And I'm like, come on, just just no, throw them no. out there. Like, Ooh, you know, what? I'll add two more because I was like, all right, you know what? I got it. I gotta have them because like. We we chose two patrons for our marriage. We got married. St. Augustine and St. Joseph. Mm. How could I forget them? It's okay. They didn't I'm let you forget them. They're icons. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't let yeah. you forget them in the end. No, they didn't. They're staring at me from the wall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, then I guess the last question, God willing, one day you will be a canonized saint. Oh, what are you going to be? The, yeah. What are you going to be the patron saint of? I hope that I will be the patron saint of funny jokes. Funny jokes. Funny jokes because I'm not funny. I have tried so hard over the past nine years to be funny and to tell funny jokes. You're laughing because it's funny that it's not funny. Like coffee check-in, we have a we had a joke of the day. All through mm-hmm. quarantine, they're so bad. Like I can't yeah, they come are. up with my own. They are. Can confirm. They're, they're so bad. And you know what? Like I, yes, I want to be the patron saint of, or maybe a better phrase would be for those who think they're funny and they're not. Those who I, want to be funny. I support that. I have some friends in my life <laughs> who, no fault of their own, they're just they're just not that funny. It's not a gift. Now, my husband, hilarious. Me, no. You know what, though? I appreciate so much that you have the self-knowledge and the humility to state that. Because, you know, not everyone has to be funny. It's it's a nice thing to have, you know, but, well, I like it. That's a good one. I, if time permits, I have one very short, quick story about that. And when Go I knew ahead. that I wasn't funny, okay. So we had a uh, a coffee house. Like when I started working at, at at my parish, it was like we started a coffee house, and so we had our teens coming in to do different things. Like I'm a theater major, I'm a singer. Like I didn't want to do any of that, though. I wanted to tell jokes, and so I wrote jokes down <laughs> on three by five cards because I wanted to do stand up comedy, right? Like they're like the popsicle stick level jokes. My husband 
currently, he turned away from what he was doing to stare at me. He was like, I can't believe you're telling this story. But <laughs> like at the time, we had everyone sitting in, in bleachers. We were in the gym and we had a, a single microphone. So it was like super dramatic, right? And I get up there and I'm telling these jokes and like people are like fake laughing because they just weren't funny. And there was a priest, Father Wooten. I don't know Father Wooten, but he mm-hmm. happened to be like temporarily assigned uh, at her parish, and he was sitting up in the back of the bleachers, and in the middle of me telling jokes, he was like, you're not funny, and I was like, okay, never again. Now, that has not stopped my determination, as you evidenced by the hundred plus episodes of Coffee Check, but that is so mean. Talk about some humility. Hey, it's cool. Same priest who, you know, during uh, the Easter vigil, I was cantering, and he came up behind me with the holy water in the middle of the sprinkling, right? Looks, leans over. I hear him whisper to the altar server, let's get her. And then proceeds to just so much holy water. I had to stop it. Same here. All right. God bless him. May the Lord <laughs> bless him and Good keep man. him. Good man. Oh, hi. Yeah, if somebody did that, my confidence would be shattered. I... <laughs> So good for you for having the confidence to just persevere and keep working toward it. <laughs> but maybe all maybe don't write your own mind. jokes. You know, it, it could be that simple. Just steal other people's jokes. I do that. You can't even I land Google those. Them. No. Oh, man. That's unfortunate. Right. I'm telling you, this is all evidence of why God willing. You know, sarcasm goes a long way. <laughs> that is tearing people's flesh. <laughs> That's what life team told me. <laughs> you know, my husband also is, you know what, maybe that's where he learned it from. He's, he's got the sarcasm down to a science. It, it is a good one. Let me tell you. I've been, I've been sarcastic for 27 years and it has oh. not hurt me. It's produced many oh. a laugh. Not hurt you. <laughs> I'm all about self-deprecation as well. So. You too? Oh, no. You should be. Everyone should be self-deprecating. Have a little fun with yourself. It's called the litany of humility. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just instead of reading it aloud, I just make fun of myself, and it, it works out great. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I thank this you. Has been, this has been wonderful, um, and I hope that our listeners uh, gathered something from this. And um, you know, if, if if there's any takeaways, just remember the Lord loves you and wants to use you so just be open to that and um but thank you again melissa for for doing this and and to your husband perry thank you for allowing her to do this for the last hour plus i appreciate (laughs) it um but we will uh conclude and so to everyone listening at home thanks again and have a wonderful day